Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, This generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. You may be seated. All right. Well, blessed Advent, everyone. I think when we're done tonight, we may not have as much light, so we'll see how this goes. But this is really warm and inviting and well done. Lord, we we know that uh, you you come into the space of our lives. You're always coming in. And I pray that our meditation on you tonight would remind us how badly we need you, how badly we need you, and and perhaps we don't even recognize. But Lord, prick our souls open that we may prepare a way for you to come in. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. A week ago, I think it was Saturday, there was a Christmas parade just outside of Milwaukee. Maybe some of you heard the story. And in the midst of everyone celebrating another year and all the candy and everything that goes on at a parade, there out of nowhere comes a car speeding through and ultimately kills, I think, six people died at a Christmas parade, at a Christmas parade. And the real tragedy, of course, when those types of things occur in our lives, certainly when we experience loss, it's always a tragedy. But I think the real tragedy for those of us who are quite a bit distant from that story 
is that no one went to that parade thinking they wouldn't come home. They went to the parade to celebrate, to see Santa Claus or or whatever, right? Whatever you do at a Christmas parade, to kind of kick off this festal year where we sing carols once again and do all those things. Tragedy is part of our experiences. We live in a world that is full of death and destruction, and even when we sit down and listen to those readings tonight, I don't know how many of you were listening and just felt the heaviness in those passages. They're so hard. And I read those passages and I'm like, well, that's not the way I want to start my Advent. I want to think about Advent in a different way. I want to have the hope. I just want to talk about the hope that we have. And by the way, right now, I feel like I'm at like a theater, so like some kind of echo, so I apologize, and we'll work on that. In, in Advent, we have these, if you can see, we have these three purple candles that we light, and then there's this one pink one that we light on the third Sunday of Advent. That's called Gaudete Sunday. It's the Latin word for rejoice. It's because the the readings in Advent are so often heavy for us that we just have to have some kind of like good, hopeful something. So let's light a pink candle instead. (laughs) I'm just trying to say, you guys, that when we step into Advent, we step into first the reality of the world that sometimes, even though we've been traveling through a couple of years where headline after headline has been about death. We travel through death, destruction, calamity. And for whatever reason, like we can just kind of block that stuff out, even though we've kind of been in that world for the last couple of years. We can still find ways to live as though we won't ever die, unless you work close to those who suffer. Or maybe you've lost a family member recently, and you're reminded of death, or perhaps you have that kind of ache in your body, and it's just, you want to go to the doctor and get it checked out, or whatever, and it just reminds you that one day you may breathe your last. I think our readings, and, and I don't mean to be morbid or morose, but I do think that it's important to slow down and recognize why we have these readings as we step into Advent. And I believe the reason that we have these readings is that we are called to confront death so that we actually are able to also experience the hope of Jesus Christ. That if we pretend to live as though death doesn't exist, then in some way we can still be our own Savior. But once we confront death and we look at death in the face and we recognize the tragedy that is around us, the destruction that is around us, we have no other choice but to cry out for a Messiah to come and save us. We've got no other choice. And so our eyes lift to heaven and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. I think the saints understood this. I was thinking this week on this quote from Teresa of Avila. She says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. Everything passes. God never changes. 
Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. Let nothing disturb you. How can we live in a world that has such tragedy where someone goes to a Christmas parade and never comes home and at the same time buy into this reality that St. Teresa of Avila brings into our faces? Let nothing disturb you. I mean, there's a sense in which St. Teresa is exactly right. Like, we live in a world that seems to be, there's a lot of chances and changes in this world, but God doesn't change. And whatever we're facing, we know that we can cry out to the Lord and he will always, always hear our prayer. But there's a sense in which we may hear that quote from St. Teresa of Avila, let nothing disturb you. And we may hear some kind of modern comment that maybe we've been even told before, something like, hey, it's going to be okay. Just get over it. Just pray about it. It's going to be okay. Just pray it up. Get over it, kind of, spirituality. And if you've ever had that experience, I'm so sorry. We're not called to minimize or invalidate the experiences of others as we try to offer them hope. That's certainly not what St. Teresa is saying. This isn't a, a traditional... Is there an um, image up here? Can we put that image? This isn't a traditional icon for Advent, but I wanted to use this tonight because it's actually the, the icon of Jesus defeating death. And I love this icon. I love how Jesus is just grabbing them, like with very little effort, it seems, just grabbing these out of the grave. And we remember when we look at this icon, I think that Jesus has power over death, that no matter how hard our lives are, no matter what we experience, no matter what comes our way, at the end of the day, Jesus always has power over death. Jesus' words tonight in our gospel reading, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The divine word, the divine logos, Jesus Christ will not pass away. So as hard as our readings are tonight, I just want to go back to them for a moment because they give us two images, and I believe that they're images of hope. And the first one is in the prophetic book of Zechariah. The first one, I want to just call it an an image of rescue. Because in all the calamity that comes with that passage, you still have God Almighty standing on top of the Mount of Olives. And as he stands on the Mount of Olives, the, the mountain itself splits in two. And it's as though God is making a rescue pathway for his people We don't have categories for that, right? We see a mountain, we see a mountain. We don't see the possibility of God splitting a mountain. But the reality of God's rescue plan, I think the prophet is saying, like, not even the mountain, not even a sacred mountain like the Mount of Olives will stand in the way of God's rescue plan for you. There is not a mountain that will stand in the way of God's attempt to rescue you and me. 
It doesn't make sense to me how a mountain can be split in two. But this is the way of the Lord. And that he is coming for you and for me to rescue us. That the tragedy and the calamities in a world where people get hit at Christmas parades and don't come home, that that world is not the world that we will live in forever. That we have something better that we hope for. And we get this other image in our gospel reading I just want to call it an image of endurance. Again, in the midst of great pain, we hear these words from Jesus. Now when these things have taken place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now that is a specific, again, prophetic word of Jesus But can I just say to anyone here who feels like they're just on the edge, when you feel like you just don't have enough hope to go on, when you recognize like you've been holding in there for a long time, maybe it's been years for you, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's something that you're facing, and and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you are on the verge of just giving up. Isn't it so amazing that it's at that moment Jesus comes in so often in our lives and he says, raise your head. Your redemption is drawing near. This is the story of Advent. This is why we have to have these hard passages that remind us that we live in a world that is tragic and full of death and destruction. Because if we do not confront death, we cannot experience the fullness of hope in Christ. I just want to think about Advent this year as, as us preparing room for Christ to come in. Similar to how we've made room in this space. Interesting that we created space, holy, sacred space, with our own hands by God's grace and his gifts among us. And I bet we could probably go around, I could ask each person that's had a hand in that, and they would say, like, yeah, it's great, but let's do this next time. It's probably feeling somewhat unfinished to us. I think it's great, by the way. But I'm guessing if you helped create this, you probably want to do something a little different next time. And it feels like just a little bit unfinished. And I just think when we invite God to come in, when we prepare way for Christ to come in, he, come, he comes into all of our unfinished parts. And you know what? He doesn't need it to be finished. He just wants to be with us. He wants to come in. He wants us to open up our hearts and say, please, Jesus Christ, come in and, and be with us. And I'm not talking about some like gospel message of salvation. I'm talking about I mean, yes, I am, but I'm talking also about the day-to-day experiences of those who, of us who are trying to follow Jesus, and it just seems so hard. And maybe we just kind of stay a little bit closed off to allowing Jesus to come in, 
to make room for Christ to come. Well, I think there are two ways. I just want to mention at least two ways that we make room. And the first is that we have to get in touch with our desperate hope. Desperate hope. The kind of hope that recognizes that we cannot fix ourselves, we cannot save ourselves. We are utterly and desperately dependent on Jesus to come in. If we don't have desperate hope, I don't know that we really get the vulnerability of a child coming in this world to save us. It's as outlandish as a mountain splitting in two. Desperate hope. And secondly, I think this is true. Like, we do have times where we hope in the silence of our own homes and our own prayer closets. We must hope in our prayer closets. But hope is never, ever, ever meant to be something that you carry just alone by yourself. It is a word that is meant to be said and sung in the community of the church. And so as we prepare way for Christ to come in, as we hold on to hope in a world that seems to be falling apart so often, we must hope together. We've got to hope together. Nowen, Henry Nowen, in one of his Advent meditations, says, we can claim that God is a God of life even when we see death and destruction and agony all around us. We can. But we've got to say it together. We have to affirm it in each other. Friends, family, we have to hope together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.